bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Welcome. Here we go with another Talker United Yellow Army Herald Express Devon Live podcast with much to discuss. More to discuss this week. <laughs> Where's, Where's that it's T-shirt? Where's that T-shirt? The much to discuss T-shirt. And there there's is, a mug there is now m- as well. There's a limited edition mug as well. There is much oh, to discuss mug. Yeah, I, I yeah. have seen um, uh, um, there is never a dull moment at this football club, and long may it continue. I had a message from um, from our, one of our supporters in Berlin the other day, funnily enough, saying, you know, how, what's going on, how bad are things? And I had to say, look, it's that old thing, isn't it? It's not the endless succession of crushing defeats that does you in, it's the occasional sparks of hope, isn't it? And, and <laughs> the hope that kills. <coughs> and Tuesday night was very much one of those. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a little while. A win at Lake Orient, yeah. But first of all, we've had some bizarre conversations this week, haven't we, around the subject we, of Talkie United being sold. Yes, yeah, yeah. Have, have, has, has Henderson Towers been sold, by the way? I'm the, hearing that, uh, no? It's, well, it must have been because the, it's, it's, out there. it's been definitively <laughs> stated on, on a forum somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah, but, but what's happened is this. The story appeared on a fans forum uh, and was duly pushed around social media that Torquay were, had either been sold or were on the brink of being sold to Peter Masters. The Truro uh, City chairman. Uh, this happened on Tuesday, just before the crucial game At on Lake Tuesday. Um, and it turned out not to be true. Correct. Um, it's one of those things, and we've just had a bizarre conversation with a Torquay United fan this very morning who came up and, and demanded, well, has the club been sold yet? It was all over Facebook. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's just... Bizarre, isn't it? The, the point being, of course, that social media, you can post anything you like on a fans forum or on social media without checking it first. We don't do that. You don't do that. No. You would go and check. That's how this happened. I isn't think, it? you know, at the risk of, sort of sounding a bit, you know, we're right and they're wrong. Which, uh, which uh, we can't uh, always uh, say, obviously. No, quite right too, and we wouldn't want to. And, and is that if Peter Masters or anybody else had contacted the Herald Express in the build-up to this story and said, I would like to buy Torquay United, uh, or I am in talks to buy Torquay United, or whatever, we would have it up as fast as it, yeah. Yeah. it, it could possibly have been put up. That's our job. It isn't our job, without checking it, to say, we've heard that Peter Masters or anybody else, mm. the man in the moon... Um, is on the point of buying Talk United. That's the difference. And and uh, uh, as soon as we started checking, yeah, uh, we very clearly got unofficial indications first, and then quite quickly official responses, both from club officials and then from Clark Osborne himself, yeah. to deny this categorically. Um, um, and all of a sudden, oh, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, you just go well hold on a minute uh, uh, sooner or later presumably somebody has to check something or ask the question is this true you yeah. know, uh, uh, and then proceed accordingly um, and uh, uh, it was it was <laughs> the, the only thing is it made for an interesting <laughs> few hours uh, for all yeah, concerned yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we end up at square one. No, it wasn't true. It never was true. 
Um, don't get me wrong, you and I, Henders, uh, have been in this business long enough to know never say never and uh, oh, the yeah. old, all the old smoke without fire and that sort of stuff, we are steeped in it. It's, it's how we were brought up, it's how we were trained, etc., etc., etc. But um, I think as well, I was chatting to somebody in, in, in the street in Newton Abbott who accosted me yesterday um, and said, you know, when you think about a situation like this, Clark Osborne, whether you, whether you think he's St. Francis of Assisi or Satan, uh, um, has probably put more money into Torquay United in the last whatever. This is this. I'm not. This isn't a tick on his behalf um, than quite a lot of people since Thea Bristow, and and he can do it, and he's doing it for a reason. I, I, I even yeah. even I think we all appreciate that. But given that set of circumstances, you, your immediate thing is well, why would Clark Osborne in this situation? suddenly sell, in quotes, the club to Peter Masters, who I, with the best will in the world, I don't suppose wants to pay top dollar for it, mm. and walk away. Uh, now, obviously, the future, ch the stadium complex is pretty uh, problematic and yeah. difficult. We all know that. Well, it's going to take, um, a, whatever happens, it's going to take a very long time to bring go, that to fruition. There you go, et etc., etc. Et now, I think uh, in, in his statement today about the club remaining full-time next season. Now, which, which we'll come to in which detail. Which we'll come to in, in, a, in detail yeah. in a minute. He, he also actually, uh, I mean, the Herald Express and Devon Live have hinted at this for several for, for a week or two now that the club was planning to, to, to remain full-time. We've now had confirmation of it, uh, which is a pretty upbeat yeah. stance, yeah. you know, anyway. Uh, but he also talks in this statement about a bit of the background to his... You know, I know what people have been saying about me, etc., 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 etc. So I think uh, um, his his pretty categorical denial, um, uh, both privately and uh, on the record this week, plus this statement about the club remaining full time, um, uh, um, is a fairly clear indication, I think, from him, whether people like it or not, of where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. The danger is in all this, of course, with the social media thing, is that you and I come across as two old geezers sitting in the Herald Express office, yeah. poo-pooing social media well, and fans' forums. With a bit of luck, we haven't managed to stay in our jobs all these years, no. but by adopting that attitude, absolutely exactly. not. But, I mean, social media, we, we use social media all we the use time. social media a lot. Fans' yeah. forums are, are, are a great place Quite. and very often will come up with things. Yeah. Um, but on this occasion, that's the explanation, you know, with the, the facts were checked... We went off and checked them, and it turned out not to be true. I don't know how it got on fans' forum. I don't know why it got on fans' no. forum. No, I think the, the funny the things about that is is that wherever the story came from, whether it was Peter Masters himself, which is unlikely, but you never know, yeah. whether it was a mate of his or whoever it was, as usual, wasn't man enough to stand up and say it themselves. No. And that's the diff. And, and and when we, you know, when the Herald Express, Devon Live, and people like us run stories, we kind of. I'm not saying we don't run speculation stories from time to time. Of course we do, um, but we will do them having checked it pretty well because we can't afford and we don't want people turning around saying, "Well, you got that wrong, didn't you?" Mm. Or you were horrendously wrong there. That's not our business. And if don't get me wrong, if this story had surfaced somewhere else this week and. And, and it was somebody man enough to stand up and say, either 
I, Peter Masters, am buying Talking United, or I have heard that Peter Masters, mm. then you're in a, in a different territory. But no one was prepared to stand up and say, I. Um, and uh, anyway, it, you know, by all accounts, it's, it's not happening. All no. the indications are that uh, Clark Osborne is still committed to the club, both this season and next season. Well, let's talk about that, because yeah. a, a very detailed statement in the last 10 or 15 minutes, in fact, has come out from Playmore, yeah. um, saying that whatever happens next season, and despite Tuesday night, we're still staring down the barrel, really, aren't course, we? Of course, of um, course. Talking United will remain full-time, will remain professional. Well, uh, I've heard over the last few weeks and have reported as, as much that, that United have been talking contracts next season mm -hmm. with some of their leading players. Uh, Gary Hours uh, repeated that in relation to Elliot Romain, uh, who obviously is only on loan from um, Dagenham at the moment, uh, but he gave a fairly clear indication that they'd been... Uh, yeah. uh, uh, saying, look, we want to keep you next season, no matter where we are. Um, there would be uh, some marker to put down if you could get a player, not necessarily Elliot Romain, but if you could get one of those marquee players to put to put pen to paper. Yeah, I don't think it will happen before the end of the mm. season, and quite rightly too, from the player's point of view. If you were a player in this situation, and let's face it, we're talking Luke Young, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> that sort of that sort of level of player. Uh, ever present, you know, one of the leading pros. Uh, if he's been offered a new contract, and if Elliot Remain has been offered something, and if whoever else has been offered something, if you were in their shoes, you go, hold on a minute, I've got to wait to the end of the yeah. season here to see to see where United will be next year. I'm not saying it wouldn't mean that you that you definitely wouldn't uh, uh, assign a contract. And by all accounts, and here again, I'm speaking sort of uh, uh, on on a nod and a wink, uh, the terms are decent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. not a kind of a, oh, well, let's offer them something and see what happens. It, it, it's, the offers are decent. Yeah. Um, uh, but from a career point of view, you, you would say, well, look, uh, great, thank you very much indeed. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I shall certainly give it due consideration, but I'd like to, it would, you would like to know. If you really yeah, remain, yeah. you've worked to get out of the, National League South with Eastbourne scored loads of goals. You finally got a contract at Dagenham. It hasn't worked out for one reason or another. He got injured. He wasn't in the team. They've let him come out on loan first to Welling and then to Torquay. You you want to probably try and at least stay in the National League yeah. or maybe yeah. go into the Football League. Uh, um, uh, I'm not saying that means that he definitely you know end won't end up at United next season. But uh, again, this is all part of. United stating categorically at this stage, and we've still got nine games to go this season, yeah. that they will remain full-time next season. They will. I'm pretty sure they will be the only full-time club in the Conference South. Um, well, yes, that go, almost goes without yeah. saying. Um, interestingly enough, uh, there has never been uh, a football, an ex-football league club relegated to the Conference South. Um, really? Uh, Her yeah. the, the old Hereford United yeah. were demoted... From yeah. the, uh, to the Conference South, and then it ended up going straight through. They folded and went straight through into the Southern yeah. uh, Southern League. And of course, interestingly enough, they're now top of the Southern League Premier and hoping to be promoted up into the Conference South next season. And uh, I think we've sort of may have talked a little bit about that in it's the past. A bit, a bit but, uh, but anyway, let's not go there. Whereas there are seven ex-football league clubs in the Conference North in the National League North, uh, one of whom York City. 
uh, is full is is properly full time. Yeah. Um, and so and Stockport are still there playing in front of big crowds. Aren't they? uh, they're getting so two and a half, three, three and a half thousand strange, some, strange for, for big games yeah. some week. Uh, and of course, but that's in an absolute hotbed. You've yeah. got. I don't know how many clubs are in the Manchester area in that division, but it's it's plenty because you can throw in Salford City, Curzon Ashton, um, Chorley, uh, FC United of Manchester, yeah. on and on and on and on. But um, and a lot of them have picked up disaffected Premier League fans, haven't they? Fans yeah. who have decided that um, it's the football they that's want. That's right. And that's why. But for United to come out now at this stage, uh, and let's face it, they are still favourites to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next three matches but which we'll talk about in a minute but um, they are still favourites to go down and this is you know we use this cliche a little bit don't we in this trade it is a bit of a statement of intent uh, on behalf yeah. of the club and Osborne uh, to say that, and, and he says in his statement that, that, that United will will be funded now what he's saying but funded, is he said funded for promotion yeah, which now what, was a phrase I liked well exactly uh, but it's it, it basically and let's face it if United are full time in, in, yeah. in the conference south next season and they're not funded for promotion they, there's, yeah, there's something true. wrong isn't there but basically when he says United will be funded he's actually saying I will fund them for, yeah. for a promotion bid next season uh, there's been a hell of a lot of work going on behind the scenes which is very un... Uh, newsworthy mm. uh, in terms of trying to up the revenues, you know, uh, commercially and in other areas behind Playmore. It's not glamorous and it's week in, week out hard work. Uh, and incomes have are increasing; yeah. uh, they are going up. Um, there's a hell of a lot still to be decided, and we won't really get to this until we know which division they're playing mm. in. Uh, uh, the massive issue of prices, pri- uh, admission prices, should they go down, etc., etc., etc. And I think there's still quite a lot of detailed talks, obviously, to happen if and when uh, um, United, if United do go down. Because yeah. um, I mean, uh, we're, we're heading towards the end of the season. This is that time of the season when everything happens really quickly, isn't it? It does. You get you, Easter out of the way, and you're almost done. Aren't well, you? you 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 get to, you go through sort of January and. F- January and February, yeah. beg pardon, and, and you know you still got fifteen games to go and twenty, you know, eighteen games to go, or whatever yeah. you go, yeah, 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 and then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, we're almost down in single figures, yeah. and, and now we are. we are, yeah, yeah. So there we go. Um, talk about a couple of players, I think, as well. Now uh, we've actually came just after we did the podcast last week, but there was some. Um, very sad news about Ryan Higgins. Yeah, last week. Uh, um, this is a subject which has hung over the club for for many many months, and and uh, uh, again I, I got slightly short tempered with one or two people who virtually accused us of, of of not doing our job by because we hadn't reported exactly what mm. the Ryan Higgins situation was over over a period of time. Well, I hope one or two of those people, having now seen the story. Uh, are prepared to hold their hand up and said, "Oh, right, yeah. I understand now." Um, Ryan Higgins uh, uh, went home in a hurry in November uh, when he's si- back to Merseyside, isn't it? Yes, yeah. where yeah. he lives uh, um, uh, uh, because his sister had been taken pretty seriously ill with mm. a uh, ill with a serious heart condition. Um, pretty soon after that, uh, um, the specialists came to the family and said, "Look, um, not only is she." Um, uh, ill with this, but we're pretty sure it's, it, or we fear that this might be hereditary and it's in the family. Now, yeah. what, a, what a blow that must be to, to, to handle. 
Uh, in the fullness of time, the whole families had to undergo these tests. And uh, I think it was about 10 days ago, yeah. uh, poor old Ryan Higgins was called in and said, yes, you have the same problem. Um, uh, we need to have a serious talk. And that serious talk obviously included uh, the fact that desperately for him, he, he, he'll never be able to play football again. No. Uh, my, you know, I don't know. I'm sure one or two listeners will will think, you know, especially in view of one or two things that have happened to professional players around the world and also in this country, is that um, I'm sort of relieved that that there wasn't a risk of of Ryan playing and and having a no. terrible issue on the pitch. Uh, um, Diagnosis uh, is very important. Uh, case, absolutely. But in the fullness of all this, United announced this last week and last Friday. Uh, Ryan, who, by the way, is a, is a cracking... Everybody says these clichés, don't they? A cracking lad. Well, he is. Yeah. Um, uh, he was so up for it after his move down, last down here last summer. Um, he'd played, he, he started over at Everton, went to Birmingham, ended up Chester, played for Southport uh, yeah. last year. They were relegated. He won the Player of the Year there. So his career hadn't exactly t- gone in the same direction, in the, in the direction that he'd hoped, I don't think, in the last few years. Good player, as though he, he is. He started pretty well, Absolutely. didn't he? Absolutely. And when he came down here, I sort of bumped into him fairly early out at Seal Hain in pre-season, and you couldn't mistake the... the, the Enthusiasm mm. and and uh, the, the the sort of up for it he he was to move to a obviously what he perceived was a bigger club than Southport yeah. and, and, and hoping that we were going to be up the right end of the table um, and I think he won over quite a lot of people in the first few weeks of the season he looked uh, a, a United have, uh, unlike most clubs have had a stream of absolutely terrific left backs over the yeah. years. Uh, which most clubs struggle for, uh, um, uh, but ask ask him to pick a really nailed on right back, and we've struggled over the years. Uh, um, neither even Chris Robertson and Lee Mansell wouldn't claim to be uh, uh, um, no. proper right backs, and all of a sudden it looked as if we might have had found one well, at last. The, the the name of Paul Gurney was mentioned. Yeah, Andy, Gurney, Andy Gurney. Yeah, yeah. Andy Gurney was mentioned. Yeah, Dan Gurney. Yeah, yeah. Andy Gurney was mentioned in. Uh, yeah. So Ryan Higgins came in and and gave all the indications. Good athlete, bit of pace. Uh, attacking right back um, that um, that you know he might be able to solve the problem, especially yeah. since he was quite young as well, or he is quite young. But anyway, none of that will happen now. Uh, and he came down last Friday uh, to tell the rest of the players the situation. Brought his father down with him. Um, uh, they went up into the gulls' nest, I understand, and yeah, he gave them the news. And and Gary Hours at his weekly press conference this week was giving a fairly uh, um, gulping account of yeah. that conversation. There were a lot of tears, and um, uh, it, it was a very emotional occasion. It's very um, sad for him, isn't it? It is, yeah. and, and for everybody else, especially following on the news that, that Damon Lathrop you know, yeah. is, is, is and will be in hospital for quite some time. Really? While, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. while, while, yeah. while um, uh, doctors and, and, and surgeons try to... Uh, uh, repair his leg um, and the attendant damage not just around the bone Um, so and he's had to give up as well so anyway uh, it just shows you what a precarious life it is though isn't it it is we go on the terraces and shout at them on a Saturday but it's it's a pretty precarious career isn't it well you know it is a contact sport it is the last time you know I think some referees 
or referees' bodies uh, are trying to take us in a direction where it might not, where it might not be. But uh, as things stand, it's still a contact sport. Yeah. People do still tackle, uh, and of course, one of the minor well, it's 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 not a compensation, but it, it, it's one of the minor points of the, of the Lathrop tackle was that. Um, uh, Boreham Woods, Danny Woodards was, was immediately absolved for any yeah. any any blame for it, which was, I mean, that would have been awful if mm. if, if it had been like a sending off tackle or something yeah. like that. But um, yeah, there we go. We, we 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 it goes without saying, but we'll say it anyway that everybody wishes um, uh, Lathrop and and Ryan Higgins oh, that the, yeah. the, they're all the yeah. best, and and I think the club are genuine when they say they're going to do everything they can to try and help them. I know obviously they're having the collection for Lathrop at the Woking game. That's Easter Monday, isn't Easter it? Easter Monday, yeah. and, and, and I think they'll, they're, they're currently trying to think of what the best practical way is to uh, to give Ryan Higgins a hand. OK, we'll bring that to you as soon as we have it. OK, let's talk about the matches then. We may need to mention Maidstone last Saturday, yeah. but then we shall move swiftly along to Lake Orient on Tuesday. Yeah, may, Maidstone, may... a disappointing afternoon, uh, and, and I... You, you don't want to go down the road of the dam, uh, all weather pitch, but it, it, it didn't it, help. It, well, it, I don't think it helps anyone, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't even think it helps Maidstone that much. Um, but uh, United didn't play well. They hung in there during the second half, um, uh, lost uh, Jakob Sokolek at half time. Well, he, he wasn't it well and, mm. and hadn't looked it, funnily enough, in the first half. Got Josh Gowling on a half time, yeah. um, fit again. Uh, um, although even Josh, I don't think would would claim to be 100 percent fit. Uh, fit, but my goodness, what a difference he made in the second half. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and United appeared to be, uh, with a bit of luck, um, heading for a nil-nil draw, which might have done in the circumstances. Yeah. Maidstone, by the way, hadn't won at home for 17 games before. Um, they hadn't won, hadn't sorry, won at, full, all, at all for 17 yeah. games uh, going into that game. Uh, it wasn't a great match. Looked like nil-nil, uh, and then United finally conceded a goal. Uh, what two minutes from time, yeah. um, which was desperate on the back of the stoppage time equal uh, winner they conceded yeah. against Sutton uh, in their previous game, uh, and, and then of course in stoppage time, great chance. They have a great chance. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, John Paul Pittman, poor lad, goes and sticks it wide with a goal at his mercy, uh, um, and that is it. That was a one-nil defeat, and I think everybody dragged themselves home from. Yeah, Maidstone, good turnout of United fans again. Now I know we're talking London here rather than Kent. Yeah. Uh, but how many clubs do you think around certainly this level of football in the wake of the Maidstone defeat would actually have taken more fans to Leighton Orient on Tuesday night than they took to, to Maidstone on the Saturday? Fantastic turnout. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and I'm so pleased for them. Uh, did a little piece in in uh, the Herald Express this week that that they were rewarded. Uh, I was travelling with them last Saturday. Yeah. Uh, within minutes of coming away from Maidstone on the back of an afternoon like that, uh, bookings were being taken for Leighton Orient away on Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, who's going? Who's not? Anybody not going? Getting stick, uh, <laughs> which included myself. Um, uh, and uh, this is. Partly, funnily enough, what Clark Osborne was referring to in, in his statement today about the full time, um, and he was giving due credit to, to the fans. Uh, and, and of course, it isn't just the away fans, it's the home ones as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm just so pleased, or I think we're all pleased, not only for um, United's desperate position, but because the win at Leighton Orient on Tuesday night. 
suddenly lifts us all again, doesn't it? But doesn't um, it just? It's like we were saying right at the beginning. For those fans to travel up there yeah. and have something to cheer. Yeah, it's like we were saying right at the beginning. It's that you kind. Of, in fact, there was some really funny stuff on Twitter on Tuesday night. Some of it, well, much of it, unrepeatable. But chapeau to the talky fans on Twitter. There was some really funny stuff along the lines of just when you finally got yourself resigned, you thought, okay, this is it. I'm I'm ready to to accept that we're going down. They go and do that, and yeah. you look at the table. Well, this is yeah. still doable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and we'll come on to that now. By the way, uh, um, uh, Elliot remains third goal in six matches, uh, uh, wins that game. What a thumping header that was. Yeah. And by the way, all credit to Tommy O'Sullivan. Uh, one or two reports. I didn't go myself. I, I was trapped in the office here. You were, weren't you? Yeah. You were still um, here when I would have. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 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 Brett Williams did most of the donkey work on the left-hand side, yeah. but he actually knocked the ball back for Tommy O'Sullivan. Brett Williams got most of the credit for it in the reports. And, he did, didn't he? Um, yeah. But Tommy O'Sullivan supplied, uh, who'd come on. Yeah. Uh, Josh Galling, by the way, we must refer to him. Yeah. Uh, a very nasty fall, uh, colliding with Vincent Durrell, going for a high ball, landed, well, effectively on his head. He was spark out as well, out, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and had to go off, although <laughs> typical Josh, I don't think he wanted to. Uh, maybe he wasn't conscious at the time. Who, who knows? Um, but uh, so United had to sort of pull Jakob Sopolik, who was okay by then, back into the back four, reshuffle, get Tommy O'Sullivan on. Uh, a lad who hasn't been involved uh, right. hardly at all for weeks and weeks and weeks, and he went on and, and joined in in midfield. And it was his cross that that, that remained put put away with a with a really. Uh, good centre forward yeah. header. It was it was a header from somebody of six foot one, not somebody who's five yeah. foot ten. He is. I mean, you've used the phrase there. He is a really good centre forward. Isn't yeah. He? He's um, um, put a huge shift in again. He does play on the edge, uh, um, physically, as yeah. Gary Hours was pointing out this week. He had been booked. Uh, and I don't think many United fans there were surprised when he was taken off in the closing yeah. stages. United cannot yeah, we, afford to, no, to can't uh, lose him to have him being sent off. Um, but in fairness, he and Williams had both put a shift in up front yeah. uh, on Tuesday night, uh, and we were chatting at the press conference this week. You know, on went Jamie Reid and uh, John Paul Pittman, and and in these situations, uh, it is going to be massively important. Well, you, you uh, and did I say can't a few stress ago, this enough. You? Yes, that, that, it's going that, to be somebody who who is on the fringes who the will moment. do who yeah. will do the deed or, or the key deeds. Yeah. It, it, it can't be down to Remain and Williams or whoever mm. else. Somebody is going to have to come on either to put in a massive shift to hold on to a lead, which by all accounts Pittman and, and yeah. Jamie Reid did did their best yeah, in the closing right. stages on Tuesday night. In other words. You can't. United cannot afford to end up making change, those sort of crucial changes in the later stages of games, mm. and the whole thing falling flat. Yeah. You know that that is an invitation to disaster. They, they've got a, whoever comes on midfield, defence, attack, whatever has actually got to lift the thing rather than just yeah. just be a kind of an also ran. And um, by all accounts, Reed and, and uh, Pittman, you know, uh, did their best in that respect. So on to Solihull Moors on well, Saturday. Interestingly enough, we are now. Uh, we, you know, let's let's look ahead a little bit. It's uh, yes. always a dangerous thing to do <laughs> with United, isn't it? But um, United having we, we've been talking, haven't we, for the last few weeks about oh these three these three successive away games. Yeah. Well, two of them are gone now, but we're actually coming into three more games. They're coming with, threes, don't they? Well, which it's which, like which I think bike. which I think you know proper United fans who study these things minutely uh, have been looking at for some time. Yeah, Solihull 
away on Saturday, Guiseley at home the following Saturday, um, Chester away on Good Friday. Yeah. All the three other teams in the bottom four. Now, Solihull have had a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well done to Gateshead with 10 men, by the way, for equalising against they them in stoppage time. Really on early as well, yeah, they? 11th yeah. minute. Um, uh, that was a plus. Yeah. Uh, Solihull, uh, five points ahead of United in, in the last relegation place, if you know what I mean. Uh, the gap is still six points plus one because of goal the difference. goal difference yeah, yeah. Uh, with nine games to go. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to look at Solihull, Geisley, Chester. Um, if United can get six or seven points out of those three away games, you know, it's on two, again, yeah, isn't two, it? And, two and away and one home. That, right? uh, yeah. uh, two away and yeah, one at home. Yeah. Um, it it it's on again, yeah. and it, it will be on. The, the, the two teams that, that, that are now looking as if they are still in serious trouble, just outside the uh, the, the, the drop zone of Bla- uh, Barrow and Hartlepool. Yeah, um, United still have to go to Hartlepool. Uh, I think Maidstone's win last Saturday has probably uh, uh, given them yeah. the fillet they need to stay up. Even though Leighton Orient can't win at home, can't buy a win at home. Um, uh, and United beat them on Tuesday night. I think they've probably just got enough to stagger yeah. over the line. Uh, Halifax have picked up a couple of half decent results recently, and I thought they were going to fall like a stone into it. Uh, who knows about them? United still have Halifax at home. Yeah. Um, but looking in, in down down the home straight, as it were, uh, United after Saturday, yeah. after Solihull on Saturday, they'll have five at home and three away left. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Playmore has been desperately hard place for them we to talk, win at. We talked about this last week. But you'd we? probably yeah. have take yeah. that, wouldn't you? Um, uh, uh, Geisley, Woking on Easter Monday, Halifax, Fylde and Ebbsfleet on the last day of the season. And they still, after Solihull, have to go to Chester, Dover. Don't we all have happy memories yeah. of that last season? And the, the final away trip of the season, to ha- a marathon to Hartlepool. Um, so after this Saturday, you know, if United could beat Solihull, and I, and I, 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 in some ways, I'm rather glad it's Solihull, because this is going to be a right scrap set to on Saturday. This yeah. will not be a nice football <laughs> match, uh, and a bit like Maidenhead away, yeah. absolute mud bath, no brownie points to be earned. Everybody gets stuck in, work their backsides off. United win two one. Uh, staring down the barrel at Lake Norrent on Tuesday night, horrible pitch, uh, massive pressure under. Yeah. Everybody has to get stuck in. You know, no pretty football, no nothing. And we've talked about this in the last few weeks. Uh, 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 it's 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 scared, hardball, hard nosed football time. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no uh, um, you know jollies going on here. Uh, if the game opens up and people do get time eventually by all means get it down and see if they can pass the ball and keep it but uh, at the moment keep it simple uh, absolutely this is united uh, and and that's why i was saying solihull away on saturday they're in form they mm-hmm. fancy themselves a little bit united are going to have to get stuck in exactly like they did at chip uh, chippenham maidenhead yeah. uh, and and lake orient and I, and for a mindset point of view i don't think that's a bad thing in each of the last two relegation great escapes united have done exactly this over the closing weeks of the season they've stopped thinking they were better than they were and they've just got in and started fighting and scrapping yeah. and and uh, uh, that's the way to get out of a relegation fight. It always has been. <laughs> you know, no team has ever passed their way out of a relegation scrap. 
Um, and uh, if United, if you, if you, if United could win at Solihull on Saturday, and let's face it, that's a that's a real possibility. With Chester, with Guiseley at home and yeah. Chester away to come, it, uh, it, it would be starting to get seriously interesting. <laughs> so here we are. Then we're in exactly that position, aren't we? Where we we got to the point of thinking, oh, okay, it's done now. Let's prepare for next season. But that win at Leighton Orient has just kind of lifted everybody again, hasn't well, it? Well, you, you look around, you, you imagine how when the when the, the score came in and people were no doubt tuned all around, you know, clubs yeah. like Solihull, clubs like Barrow who weren't playing, um, you know, Hartlepool and everything. I'll bet they were sitting there thinking, come on, Leighton Orient, come on, Leighton Orient, and probably hearing that it's like the Alamo down there and they're hitting yeah. the post in stoppage time, etc., etc., etc. And that result comes through Solihull concede a goal in stoppage time at, uh, yeah, uh, at yeah. Gateshead. The result comes through from Brisbane Road, Late Noyan nil, Torquay won. And I'll bet an awful lot of clubs in the bottom half of the table uh, in, the, in yeah. the National League look round and say, oh my goodness, here we go again. Uh, uh, don't say Torquay are suddenly going to start <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, doing it in the closing weeks of the season. Well, they haven't, they haven't yet. Here it's a long then. way to go and, and they are still favourites to go down. But... Uh, Put it like this: the fat lady is uh, is, uh, is is still hasn't walked into the last no. last uh, chance saloon. And we're not going to mix the No, no, no. But on the any other business list this week, now there was there's something that came up while I was I was listening to the radio in the car last night. Champions League matches were about to begin, and I realised that despite my decades of watching football, playing football, listening to football punditry. I don't know what this is. Dave, what's a false nine? <laughs> what, what is a you false nine? You put me nine? on the spot there. But they're, they're well, all the talk before the Chelsea-Barcelona game is, oh, they'll play with a false nine. What, what's a false nine and have we ever had one? Well, <laughs> um, that's a good point. I, I, I think probably uh, the late, great Jimmy Armfield would probably go, hmm... I think Man City were playing this back in the 1950s with Don Revy. And, yeah. and everybody was always used to say that the great Hungarian team of the 50s with Pushkas, that Alakor uh, Sandor Hidakuti, uh, who had number nine on his back, yeah. uh, completely flummoxed the England defence and various others by keep dro- by kept dropping deep into midfield and picking the ball up uh, and turning, etc., etc. Uh, probably, so, so you and I would call it a deep-lying centre-forward. Now um, I understand. But... but uh, um, uh, I would th- in more recent times, David Graham would he be okay. a, a? He used to drop pretty so deep. So a centre forward who, who is prepared to come. In other back. words, doesn't play up against their two centre halves yeah. all afternoon, um, uh, and and doesn't basically stand up there, get it into me. Uh, uh, I'll flick it on, and by the way, I'll get on the end of a few crosses if it comes in. Uh, whereas David Graham used to drop off the two centre half, didn't he, into midfield? Yeah. Both of them would be looking at each other, going, "Do we go with him or Where's stay where now? we are?" Oh my God, he's got it and he's turned, and yeah. and now. So I, I think probably David Graham in recent years is is the nearest that we get. But I, I know so it's it's just another of these sort of like tags that somebody's I dreamt up. I just and, did not. Um, Chris Sutton, it was was talking about. It. I just did not understand. No, oh, he'll well, play. He'll play as a false nine. Yeah. No well, idea. he should know better because he he was he wasn't he, well, he was a proper number yeah. nine. But uh, no, I, I well. That's my best. Uh, That'll uh, do for uh, me. Uh, um, it, I mean, we're going down the road of people playing in the hole, aren't we? And, yeah. Um, uh, 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 I, I, my lad talks to me about all sorts of weird new uh, positions on the pitch, which which I, I never knew existed either. 
Um, we need somebody and, cleverer than us to explain this well, to us, don't we? Well, I'm <laughs> sounding a bit old schoolish here. I, I still think when you actually get out on a football pitch with a ball at your feet, <laughs> the problems are still the same. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, players have you know, done different jobs over the years. But I can remember Paul Buckle turning around one day, and let's face it, that's not very long ago, and he said, for goodness sake, Dave, Defenders defend. Wingers are supposed to get crosses in. Cent- stri- strikers and centre forwards are supposed to stick it in the ball, and the midfield is supposed to pass it. <laughs> that makes and, it sound exactly. so simple. And, and, <coughs> and not one real new position on the pitch was ever mentioned. So um, there you go. There we go. We've cleared that one up for you. Yeah, if you what, have what, any, what, um, what position do you play in in the walking football team? Oh. Heart of the defence, right <laughs> at the heart more, of the defence. That's more like it. If yeah, I get up across yeah. halfway, I know, line, you, I know I what you're talking about. Nosebleed. Well, oh, no, <laughs> I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for your company. Thanks for your time. If you're going up to Solihull Moors on Saturday, have a safe journey, uh, and come up and say hello. And uh, there and at the uh, another the big, home big, game. big, big, big game. Big games indeed. We'll finish as we always do. Come on, come on, you, you yellows. yellows.